This is Mount Pleasant United Methodist Church. Welcome to our sermon podcast. Well, if you haven't gathered by now, you probably realize that the weather has made it virtually impossible for me to find a spot to go outside and and share our time together out in the outdoors, kind of getting a fresh perspective. For the last couple of weeks, I've gone outside in order to kind of look back on the church, on all the changes that we're facing, and kind of come to a different perspective. We're probably in one of the biggest changes that has happened in my lifetime. I can remember back on those um, amazing events in the course of my life, where I was, what I was doing, Maybe for many of you, maybe do you remember where you were the day that Reagan, President Reagan was shot? I can tell you where I was. I know where I was when the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster happened. Um, I was in graduate school at the time. And of course, I remember where I was uh, on the day of 9-11. And and those kind of events kind of leave a mark on you. they define the passage of time. Um, they're so different, so strange in how they play out that it leaves a mark because you recognize them as these milestones in your life. I feel like we're in the midst of one now. I, I, have a, I imagine that we'll remember this time period in our lives for the rest of our lives. I, I imagine even some of our children and our grandchildren uh, will remember this for years to come, remember what it was like Remember the uncertainty. You know, I've noticed that uh, change happens to all of us, um, sometimes in ways that we don't expect, um, oftentimes in ways that we weren't looking for. But change happens to everyone, whether we're looking for it or not. It kind of marks the passage of time. It, it defines who we are and where we're growing, where we're going. Some of it we're looking for, uh, some of it we're not, um, like growing old. It's a change that happens, something that we don't necessarily look forward to, but it's something that that often happens. And yet this is how we learn. Um, As Christians, we invited Jesus into our lives in order to help make sense of these monumental changes that happen, to help us make sense of who we are and the direction that we're going. And yet oftentimes, even as Christians, we fail to, to trust who God is and what he's doing in our lives. Even the the changes that we expect, even though we're expecting it, um, doesn't mean that we're prepared for it. And I've learned over the years that sometimes people will make great plans and they will make great promises, but often that doesn't prepare them for the change that is about to happen. For example, have you noticed lately that uh, weddings are becoming increasingly expensive? You know, I've noticed that Sometimes people will say that like an average wedding, just sort of, you know, an average kind of course of the wedding might cost upwards of $10,000. And I often wonder, I said, you know, that if people would spend as much time on the marriage as they do on the wedding, we we celebrate the, the moment of getting up to that time, but what do we do about what goes on after that time, about the changes that are happening in our lives? And so often we, when we come together, we, we think even about our own lives. We, we make great plans and promises, but we fail to make uh, the, the changes that are necessary to prepare. And so what I wanted to talk about as we're in the midst of this incredible change in our lives, are we preparing ourselves to understand uh, what's going on in our own lives, the anxiety and the stress that is happening? 
Where's that coming from? What are we being prepared for? Have you ever noticed that uh, people that are very smart um, in business um, seem to have good, good um, intelligence, um, savvy, often kind of make some of the dumbest decisions? Oftentimes you look at some of the things and you say, how did you not see this coming? Have you ever been like that where you go up to a friend and you kind of go, this is not going to work out very well. If you keep doing A, eventually B is going to happen. But oftentimes people don't want to hear that, do they? Um, just because that you're, you're smart in one area doesn't mean you're prepared for what's happening in another. Are we prepared for what God is doing? Um, can we understand the changes that are happening? And so today I wanted to, to help us, guide us to prepare uh, for the future. Wouldn't it be great if we as a church or as a community could prepare for tomorrow, even though we don't know what tomorrow holds, that we could prepare for what's coming ahead? There's a great quote that says, you know, a, a simpleton will learn from their own mistakes, but a, a wise person will learn from the mistakes of others. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 15, Paul is talking about the, the Old Testament. He said, all of this was written down for you. He's talking about Torah and the scriptures. All of this was written down so that you could learn from it. And if you think about it, about what we do here as a church, as a community, to learn from the past, to learn from the mistakes of others so that we don't repeat those mistakes. Wouldn't it be wonderful if in the midst of this crisis, the midst of this unknown, we don't know what's coming next, but I believe that we can prepare ourselves for whatever the eventuality is going to be. Whatever comes next, we can be ready for the uncertainty with, with faith and hope and with what what God provides for us, the, the hope of this church family. Somebody once said, it's a well-known quote, that those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. And you often see this with people that keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. Have we learned the lessons of the past? Have we learned the lessons of scripture? Have we learned what it means to go ever deeper? And so this morning I wanted to take a look at a special passage and I wanted you to learn and remember three numbers. That's all you have to do. Remember three numbers. Ready? 21, 22, 3. Not really hard, right? You can, you can do this, right? 21, 22, and 3. What does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about two people who have the same circumstance, face the same circumstance. They have two different responses and two different outcomes, 21, 22. And then I'm going to give you a prayer that God answers. It takes three steps and God answers this prayer for you. And that will help you, you and your family and your kids to be prepared for any eventuality, any outcome you will be ready. You'll be stronger, healthier, more courageous and more confident in yourself. You will live by your convictions and you will know deep down inside that God has a special place in his heart for you. Okay, so let's kind of get started. If you've got your Bible, I want you to pull out your Bible. 
we're going to look at Proverbs. Proverbs was written by, uh, most of the Proverbs were written by King Solomon, recognized as one of the smartest men that ever lived. He was blessed by God to rule in the golden age of Israel. But just because he was the smartest guy in Israel doesn't mean he was prepared for the challenges of life ahead. As a matter of fact, you probably know that at the end of his life, Solomon's life was a mess. He was joyless, he was depressed, and in many cases, and in some situations, he was almost suicidal, so depressed. So how do we understand that we can know the truth, we can know what to do, but we're not prepared to do it? So today I want to talk about Proverbs chapter 27, flip, flip over to page 27, or to chapter 27, verse 12. How can we be prepared for the unknown? And this is what Proverbs 27 tells us. Now, the prudent sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and they pay the penalty. Now, think about that and, and let that seek in, seep in, let that get deep within your mind, and let's talk about what that really means. Solomon is telling us that the prudent, somebody that's prudent means that they they connect the dots. They believe that life has a purpose. It's, it's intentional. They're thoughtful. They're reflectful. They're trying to understand the course of their life, the events that are unfolding around them. They're trying to make sense of everything that is happening. They're prudent. They're thoughtful. They're reflective. What does this mean? They believe that their life has a plan, that their life has a purpose. And so they're trying to connect the dots in the events of what is unfolding around them. The people that are prudent are also thoughtful and reflectful. So they, they realize that the present often becomes the past that will often show up in the future. That what they're doing now, if left unchecked, will become what they are tomorrow. So often people just think, well, circumstances will change. My life will change. Things will get better. Yes and no. But the circumstances have an impact on how you react to them. The prudent looks at their reactions. They look at themselves. They look at what's going on around them, and they try and understand the changes that they need to make. The prudent sees danger. Now, there's a, there's a problem with many of us. We don't like to see danger. We, we don't like to see that it's coming, that there are problems in our lives that there are things, mistakes that we're making that are going to play out in the long term. Now, there's a, there's a, a term for this that is called confirmation bias. And what it means is that oftentimes, as people, we will seek out the answers that we're looking for. We will see in the circumstances around us um, those events that confirm what we already want, want to believe. We will see the best in other people. If we're so hung up in a relationship, we will only see the good and not the warning signs. And this is where your friends and your neighbors can kind of go, how can they not see this? How do they not see it? The prudent person sees the danger. They, they look for it. The Bible often says, we live by faith and not by sight. Not just seeing what is there, but we believe that God has a plan for our lives. And so the prudent person sees danger. But he goes on to say later on that the simple 
do not understand that life has a bigger purpose. They take refuge. They, they look for excuses. Now, he says that the simple fails to see what is going on. The simple keep going. A simple person is somebody that only is reactive, that they see circumstances playing out around them, the, the events that are happening, all of the chaos, and they're just reacting to it. Everybody is against them. Circumstances are against them. And they never take ownership for their own, own actions. They never, they never accept their own responsibility. A prudent person will see the dangers. They will listen to the voices. If you remember in chapter 13 of Matthew's gospel, Jesus is looking at the Pharisees and, and all of the people. And he said, their hearts have become hard. He said, they, they hardly hear with their ears or see with their eyes. If they would, they would come to me and I would heal them, but they can't see the dangers that are around us. See, many of us are wondering about all of the dangers that we're facing. How, how are things when we talk about our finances? How are things when we talk about our relationships? Are there warning signs that we're ignoring? Are we a prudent person? Or are we just a simple person, just kind of going through without recognizing that our lives are connected, that our lives have a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose? We should understand that sometimes that when we keep doing A, eventually B is going to result. That we have to understand that our actions give rise to consequences. And so the challenge for all of us is, do you find that you are more of a, a prudent person, a thoughtful, a reflectful? Do you look at the example of others? Do you learn from their example? Or do you have to make all of the mistakes all by yourself in order to find somebody else to blame? A simple person will always find somebody, something, someone to blame for all of their problems. But a prudent person will learn and grow and develop. Now, it goes on to say that a simple person will keep doing the same things. They will keep making the same mistakes until it's too late. And here's the really damaging part. There are none that are so blind as those who will not see. For example, if you get to a place where you have four credit cards that are maxed out, and you have a car payment, and you have either rent or a home payment, it's too late for a quick fix. Sometimes you can reach a point of no return. Sometimes the events that we get ourselves into take us beyond the place where a simple, quick tweak is all that it needs. Sometimes collapse is the only answer. So sometimes we go through and we have to recognize that we as believers, as Christians, are not immune from disaster, from trouble. We recognize that trouble is coming to everybody in order to refine us, in order to shape us, and to develop who we really are. And that should, for all of us, scare the confirmation bias right out of you. That many of us just see the best. When we look in the mirror, we only see the best. We have to recognize that trouble is coming to everybody. It's how we grow, it's how we learn, it's how we mature. It's the struggles that make us stronger. And yet we also recognize that we have this incredible tendency to not want to see it. Now here's the truth that I, I, I want you to sink into. Once, you, once God makes you aware 
of the dangers that you're facing, God's work is done. It is up to you to begin to take action to remedy the situation that you find yourself in or that you've put yourself in. And what we invite God to do in our lives is make us aware of these dangers that we are so ignorant of or we are so blind of. Bring us the truth, right? Bring us the the hard reality of the life that we're living, the ultimate destiny that lies ahead, the challenges that we face, and bring us to the fullness of what life was really meant to be. As a result of that, the wise man takes refuge. Now, refuge in this word, in this context, was actually taken from a military term where they would send out a scout and the scout would go miles away and look and see where the enemy was. How many did the enemy have? What was the approximate size and where were they and where were they headed? And would come back and tell the generals and the military people and they would get into a defensive posture or they would take refuge. In the same way, a prudent person looks at the landscape of their lives and makes adjustments. Where do I need to be defensive? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to be stronger? What actions do I need to take? They respond to what they know to be true. On the other hand, a simpleton simply keeps doing what they've always been doing. Nothing ever changes until disaster overtakes them. Disaster and crisis are the motivating tools for those that live in denial. Somebody once said that one of the greatest tools that we have for avoiding change and stress is denial. Just pretend that it's not there until it's too late and crisis is all that you've got left. Now, as a result of that, I want to share with you uh, a prayer that I have on my desk and I pray it every day for me and for my family. And, And I want you to pray for it to have it as well. If you give me a call, well, if you send me an email or respond to this, I will send you a copy of this. And here's the prayer. This is the the three things that we can do to transform our lives. This is a prayer that is so powerful that God is just waiting to answer it for you. But it is also so dangerous that many, just by virtue of what you're asking, will avoid asking it. Because denial is, you know, ignorance is bliss. Happiness is just pretending that there are no problems. So what is the prayer? What is it that we're asking God to do in our lives? Here's the prayer that I have on my desk every day as I sit down. Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. Then give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Amen. Heavenly Father, good Father, kind, gentle, the the Father that gave His only Son that I might live with Him forever, that Father that would never abandon you or forsake you, that has the very hairs of your head counted, that Father. Father, help me to see trouble. See, so often we don't want to see it. We pretend it's not there. We pretend it's not happening. We pretend that somebody else's fault or somebody will rescue me. Father, help me to see trouble long before it comes. Isn't that what you want for your children? By your example, by your witness, by what you do, 
Father, help them to see trouble coming long before it gets there. Open my ears that I can hear the voice of those who are teaching me and guiding me. Open my eyes that I can see the truth of what is happening around me. Help me to see trouble long before it comes. Number two, give me the wisdom to know what to do. Just because we see problems, we need help in understanding what do I do now? We have so many resources in our church to help you with your finances. I'm always baffled whenever we offer uh, financial peace that we have to almost beat on people to get the help that they need. I don't know why that is, but that's a denial that it's not that hard and I don't need anybody's help. Father, give me the wisdom that I need. And in that book that we call the scriptures, God has given you his testimony about what life is really all about, what brings true joy and true meaning. Give me the wisdom to see where I'm off course and and help guide me back on. But then the third one is perhaps the most important. Just because you know it and you can see it, give me the courage to do it. How many times do we know that we should do this and we should take care of that, that I want to be like that, but I just don't have the courage to make those changes? There's a powerful prayer that God is saying, yes, that's what I'm looking for. Father, teach me about the trouble that I'm getting in, the mistakes that I'm making that I don't know or I can't see. Give me friends. Give me a small group of people that will help me avoid collapse and calamity, disaster and chaos. We're in the midst of a crisis that's just driving some people right over the edge. And God, help me to understand the trouble in my life and then give me the wisdom. Maybe it's another person. Maybe it's just to see myself in the mirror as I truly am. In the scriptures, through the the words of the prophets and through the saints of old, help me to see what life really could be and then give me the strength to go forward. Ultimately, we have to understand that if we want that now is better, making your changes now is better than making them later because now makes later better. If you can make the changes that you need now, if you can listen and begin to hear what God is saying in your life, if you can begin to be sensitive, if you can become more of a prudent person, thoughtful, reflectful, be open to a small group where they will challenge you to say, are you sure you're seeing this correctly? How is it with your soul today to begin to make those changes? If you do, then it'll bring happiness and it'll be, bring a deeper sense of contentment. So here's the final question that I wanna ask you. Dear friends, right where you are, ask yourself these two questions. What is it that I am running from because I don't want to see it? What in your life are you running away from because you don't want to see it? You don't want to know. What is it in your life that you've closed yourself off to 
an opportunity to grow, to know, and to become known, but you are too afraid. What is it that you're closing yourself off to because you don't want to hear it? You don't like the truth. How many of you are going to embrace that reality? Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble long before it comes. Give me the wisdom to know what to do and give me the courage to do it. What if God were to reveal to you deep down inside the trouble that's already brewing in your life? Would that be worth knowing? What are the next steps that you need to take in your discipleship journey? Bible study? We have Bible studies here. Not very many, because not many people like Bible studies. It takes too much time, too much energy. What about prayer? Nobody likes to pray in public. What if people made fun of you? What about generosity and giving? What if God was to challenge you about some of the attitudes that you have about your money and your power and your wealth? Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble long before it comes. Give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. If you pray that prayer, if you continue to pray that prayer every day and look honestly, your life will be transformed. No longer will you live by being reactive. You'll be much more proactive. You'll make changes that'll impact your life for years, if not decades to come. Your children will become more focused on where they're going. They will become much more prudent about who they are, about the decisions that they're making, who they're hanging around with, and the impact and where it will take them, and less just reactive just following the crowd, doing what everybody else does. Dear friends, I know that we can't be together today on Mother's Day, but I'm praying for you and I, I want the best for you. I want you to avoid that kind of emotional collapse that will happen for those that are just simpletons going through the motions that just go on until crisis overtakes them. And so my prayer for you is that you will heed God's warnings You'll heed Solomon's warnings and begin to prepare your life for the future that lies ahead. Amen.